Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. San Luis Obispo, California. Hello. And as a surfer, he explored the beaches. All right. We're not going to officially start the show yet because, Jerry. Yes. Los Angeles had what was arguably the greatest month in their history of sports ever. And those are your teams, man. Yeah, I'm a right. Uh, as much as I boast, you would think that I'm from LA, and I'm not from LA. I'm from San Luis Obispo. Uh, yeah, I'm. It's 32 years. In 1988 was a big sports year, Dodgers and Lakers. And the difference this time around is obviously it's the same year, but the same month due to COVID that the NBA season ended two weeks before the baseball season. So yeah, man, it's been a roller coaster of a year. I'm not saying that it makes up for the rest of the year that's been horrendous but it's a it's a little it's a little nugget of sweetness for sure yeah it's a silver lining for sure congratulations <laughs> yes thank you so much I, have, I do have to i have to apologize to you first because you texted me during game six and uh i didn't want to hear anything i didn't want to i didn't want to talk to anybody i was with my cousins i don't want to hear like oh you got this you're gonna win i was like i didn't want to jinx it and i was kind of short with you on the text like hey dude don't text me no you know, i get no. it i get it are you <laughs> so kidding me like yeah. Are you kidding me? When the when the 49ers were in the Super Bowl, I think in 2011 or 2012, the Colin Kaepernick, the the, the power outage at halftime Super Bowl. Right. I had someone text me <clears throat> near the end when they were driving. Congratulations. I never spoke to her again in my life. I hate it. <laughs> my my ex-wife, uh, during the NBA finals in 2016, when they were up 3-1, yes, was like, Your team's got this. Right. I, I hated her for that because right after that dream on green gets suspended and they blow the three, one lead. I get it. <laughs> Sports is weird. When it comes to superstitions, we kind of get into that. I think if you're going to be superstitious about anything in this world, sports is right up there. I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's the numbers. I don't know if it's the fact that you're rooting for something that is unpredictable. You're invested. Yes. You're invested. Sorry. My mic's being weird. And uh, so I get it. Yeah, I get it. So it's okay. No, it's totally okay. Part of the reason why I did that in all, in all honesty is because I hate your team. I'm a Warriors fan. And I wanted to jinx your ass. I wanted you guys to blow Didn't that you lead. put money down? Didn't you say you, you, did you put any money down or something? I did what's called an emotional hedge bet. What that means is, is you bet for the team you hate because if they win, at least you make money off it. And if they lose, you lose money, <laughs> but emotionally you don't care. You're dumb, dude. You're dumb. It's called, it's called an emotional hedge bet. <laughs> I did that. So, so last night, uh, the, the, we're recording this. This is Tuesday, November 3rd, approximately 1240. Um, last election night, day. what's up? Election day. It, it is election day. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, dude, Jerry boast, man. I mean, I, th I, I gave you this, we, we haven't officially started the show yet. <laughs> I thought you're going to go crazy right now, man. You're you know, it, well, it's you're... been almost a month since the Lakers have won. Uh, yeah, man, I'm stoked. Um, uh, I guess I'm still kind of aggravated because LeBron is getting still a lot of the hate. And obviously some Dodgers are getting some of the hate. All oh, you guys won in a shortened season. All oh, you won in the bubble. But, hey, everybody had the same opportunities. Uh, LeBron wasn't the only one that got the two-month rest and got to be in the bubble for three, you know, over three months. Hey, man, we did it, bro. I mean, what, what more can I say? I'm happy. Le LeBron has lived up to the hype. Mookie Betts has lived up to the hype. Um, let's keep it going, man. Let's keep it going. Congratulations. So, and now let's start you. the show. <laughs> San Luis Obispo, California. Hello. And as a surfer, he explored the beaches of Southern California. 
from La Jolla to Leo Carrillo and up to Pismo. I'm captain of the Pismo Beach Disaster Relief. Whoa, is this the right. same dude? I tried to do this at Pismo Beach when I was growing up. Oh, really? Yeah, we would always make skateboards. Like, like, we would always like, make them in the garage and stuff like that. And it would never work. It never worked. <laughs> it never worked. I am from Pismo Beach, sir. I didn't even know that there was a college here. Well, I commute to San Luis Obispo twice a week. Mm. There's a deer. Dewey just called from Pismo Beach. He says there's no way he could have grabbed your ass. California's been good to me. Hope it don't fall into the sea. Sometimes you got to trust yourself. It ain't like anywhere else. It ain't like anywhere else. All right, welcome to a new edition of the Slow Cow Podcast. Jerry Perez, myself, Sarah Sotzes. Jerry, you and I were students at Quested College. I was there from 97 to 2000. Was that the same range you were there? I feel like we were there at the exact same time. Yeah, 97 to late 2000. I took a semester here, you know, there a couple of times. So it was a three and a half year process. Yeah. And so you and I were both part of the KGUR, the campus radio station. This was back when they actually had a transmitter a whopping 10 watt transmitter. So we have, we have five Quested College students joining us today and I'm gonna introduce them in just a second. Were they but even born of... when we were there? How old are you guys? Great question. <laughs> I was born in are... 2000. Oh, who, said, who said they're born in 2000? Hannah, is that you? <laughs> no, I'm 99, so I'm 21. Okay, so you were born while we were there. I'm, I don't know who said 2000. Historic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my, you're the exception. Uh, yeah, so we have four, four super youngins. Um, yeah, that's that does make age us yeah. incredibly. Um, so, but you know, so we were so KGUR was a campus radio station. They had a ten watt frequency, which is nothing, but it's enough to reach the parking lot and the local California men's colony. So Suge Knight was a prisoner then when we were students, and I remember we always bragged that he was listening to us on the radio. <laughs> He's in jail again, by the way. Funny enough. Um, yeah. For another murder. times have not times have not changed no some things stay the same right <laughs> and uh you know so anyways but then you went on to do tv i did and whereas i went on to do more journalism like i was part of the questonian and then you did, did the tv thing and now here we are 20 years later man still doing still tv on. and you're still at cuesta well you you stayed slow <laughs> i left for 19 years came back and so today we have five Cuesta College journalism students with us. And the reason why they're here is because each one of them have produced some great content. Uh, the, uh, the Cuesta College newspaper is called The Questonian. Questonian.com is the website. You can follow the, all the social media channels for The Questonian by simply going to at Questonian. Um, and joining us is the opinion editor, Joe Aquafresca. I'm going in order of my screen right now. Joe, how are you doing, kid? <laughs> how, are we, how are we all doing? Uh, we're all good. How are you? Doing well. Excellent. Uh, and Joe, where are you from originally? I'm from Visalia uh, in the Central Valley. So right in between Bakersfield and Fresno. Are the Visalia A's still a thing, the minor league baseball team? Uh, the Vice, uh, yeah, it's it's ran off the Diamondbacks now, though. It was gotcha. the Oaks, and then it was the Nuts. Or it was the Nuts, the Oaks, and now it's called the Rawhide. Gotcha. Ellie Ames joins us. I believe you are from Slow. Is that correct? I am. Yes, I was born here. I'm guessing you're the youngest of all, all this, all the individuals here. You're, I'm get, you're, are you straight out of high school? Is this your freshman year in college? No, this is my second year, but I think I am probably the youngest. Possibly. Okay. Yeah, Jerry, that's one example of someone <laughs> who was born 
after, or at least yeah. during we were in college. I know we, we we're old. Hannah Halferty joins us. Uh, she is one of the editors in chief of the Quistonian, official title managing editor, and she does like the nighttime version. Uh, Hannah, how are you doing? Where are you from originally? Uh, I'm doing well, thanks. I'm originally from Mammoth Lakes, California. Um, so it's a ski resort in the Eastern Sierra. That's a beautiful place. For those of you in this pandemic wondering where to visit, go to Hannah's hometown. It's a great spot. <laughs> no, don't do it. They have too many tourists. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my fondest memories were at Mammoth Lakes. Uh, funny enough, the Draymond Green uh, nut flick that resulted in suspension. I was watching that game in Mammoth. Uh, I'll never forget that. Um, Peyton Gads Gadberry is here. Peyton, you're from Slow as well. Is that correct? No, I'm actually from San Clemente, California. So like, oh, you were way off, way off. Yeah. So, so you're, so you're part of like the contention who came to slow because it's a fun college town, correct? Actually, I went to UCSD for a year before I transferred up here. So I kind of been like all over the place, but I, uh, I moved up here because I visited a couple of times and I really liked the area. Yeah. I'm not like social enough to be part of the party crowd, but I don't know. Who knows where the next few years will take me. <laughs> and, and hopefully you're not parting anyways. I mean, I know I'm not being, I'm not, I'm not rooted in reality saying that. I mean, you're all college kids. Clearly the parties are still going on, but <laughs> I sh we shouldn't, what's home. up? I go to work and I stay home and that's like the extent of my social interaction. It's all right. You're responsible. It's okay. I give you credit for that. <laughs> And Peyton is a social media manager for uh, the Questonian. Uh, Ellie Ames, by the way, I forgot to mention this. You're the features editor. And then Michael Costa is joins us. He is the editor in chief. You have some roots here. You live in the Bay Area. You lived all over. Tell us your background, Michael. Yeah, actually, uh, I was born and raised in Tulare, and um, that's right next to uh, Joe and Visalia. Very familiar with it. Uh, moved later on to Yosemite National Park and worked there for a while and lived in the park and then moved to the Bay Area and then ended up here in, uh, in the Central Coast. Love it here. Joe and Michael, what do you think about my proposal to shut down highways 41, 46, and 58 forever? <laughs> I'm being, dude, that's not a realistic thing, obviously. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> been a lot of, yeah. hating, I'm, I'm hating on your hometowns is what I'm doing. Uh, yeah, it's hard for us to uh, talk about it sometimes, okay? <laughs> yeah. I'm being well, facetious. I work at, I don't... I don't say that I'm from the Valley and then on weekends, like always during the summers, they'll, a bunch of Valley people will come in and then I'll hear other servers go, damn Valley people won't tip. <laughs> I'm like, watch what you say, dude. We're not all. <laughs> not all. Yeah, we're One not. One or two. <laughs> we're the exception to the rule. We got two exceptions. That's funny. Well, Michael, why don't we start with you? We'll go back to front. Uh, you re you recently wrote a story for the Questonian. Um, you interviewed the current mayor, Heidi Harmon. Uh, today's election day, uh, so people listening to this, a lot of them will already know what happened. Um, it's going to be kind of, it's kind of a time machine in a sense. Uh, how was the interview, and, and what do you think about Heidi Harmon's chances? Um, you know, I really enjoyed the interview with her. I was really lucky and that she responded, and she gave me so much time. Um, I think the story is great because it's kind of you look at a politician and you this was able to humanize her a little bit and I think that's kind of a hard thing to do um, I do think she has a great um, chance at being reelected a third time 
you know, I, uh, she definitely uh, lives by the rule, you know, what she puts out there, what she believes in, she lives by. And you know, I, I ask this of all of you. So Sam, I feel like, and I'm generalizing here. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of, in a lot of ways to me, slow is more of a progressive town. I'm guessing based on the, on the politics of it, on who people elect, whereas slow County, I think is more of a conservative region as a whole. Yes. So Heidi Harmon's opponent, I forgot her, her primary or main opponent, uh, something Sweeney. I can't remember yeah, her last. Sweeney. Yes. Correct. What's her, so what's her deal? Is she like a super conservative? I know Heidi Harmon is very progressive. You know, um, I'm not sure exactly all her stance. Um, I know that she comes from a business background. Um, she, you know, so that's where she's coming from. Um, I actually did not interview her. I did read about her a little bit. Um, but she definitely is her opponent. She's the one that's going to give her the run for her money. Definitely. Yeah. And it's funny because I got this flyer from Sweeney and I read about her a little bit. She has provided zero details in terms of what she wants to do. It's the, yeah, she's the queen. Yeah. There, there's some shadiness. I mean, that kind of goes hand in hand with politicians. Right. But the big <laughs> scandal with her is that she lives in Avila, but has like a little apartment here in slow which able allows her to get past a loophole to run for mayor of slow which a lot of people like that's kind of suspicious yeah and and the other thing i believe i'm almost 100 percent sure on this she is part of the group that wants to break up california into like two three different states uh, one of those huh yeah that is the most also, unrealistic thing ever what yeah i was gonna say also according to like you know the interview with uh, heidi uh, she has never been to one of the uh, city council meetings and that's kind of one of the major duties of your you know your role as mayor is to be active right so i thought that was kind of an interesting thing when she pointed that out to me um i i, I think it's safe to say we've all voted correct anyone not vote yet i dropped off my ballot yesterday nice jerry uh, so who did we all vote for for slow mayor am i being rude asking that question i anyone voted for the third i voted the the third option well there's four people that ran for mayor and i voted for the other i voted for the other lady i didn't vote for sweeney or Harmon. why uh not a fan of Harmon. uh sweeney obviously is shady and then i just felt the other person just a little bit <laughs> aligned with my principles if did i you have know any. The, did you know that other person not personally but i did read up on the junk mail that you know got in the, gotcha. mail the other day. you did your research okay what about everyone else joe who'd you vote for i voted for Harmon. Nice. Ellie, who'd you vote for? Was this a part of the main ballot? I'm not sure if I voted for city. I know I voted for president and on the propositions, but I don't actually remember who I voted for locally. Well, are you I do know. I do. Yeah, yeah, that does make a difference. Do you live in the city of San No, I live in Los Osos. There you go. That's why. So so if if Los Osos has a mayor, I don't know if they do. Um, We don't. We're not a city. Yeah, it might just they're part of Morro Bay, is that correct? Technically, I like, believe so. Yeah. Okay, so when Morro Bay elects their mayor, that's who would vote for. What about you, Hannah? Did you vote for a uh, slow mayor? No, I still vote in Mammoth. So. You oh you oh you vote in Mammoth? Yeah, yeah. So I still have my address there. I don't vote. In what about you, Peyton? I voted in Saint Money. So. Oh, interesting. All right. But, what about uh, you, Michael? Oh, sorry, Peyton. Yeah, this is my first time uh, voting in the Central Coast. And yeah, I did uh, give Mayor Heidi my vote. Definitely. All right. I felt so she was progressive enough for my, uh, for my views, at least. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think she's a, she's a big Bernie supporter previously. Um, cool. So, so in your opinion is from the interview you did with Heidi Harmon, Michael, uh, is she probably going to win reelection? Like what's your prediction? I really do think that, you know, third time's a charm for her really. Um, she's moving this, you know, she is, um, taking stands for the youth of San Luis Obispo. Uh, she's fighting, you know, for so many uh, rights. Uh, her grassroots campaign started with her being involved in climate change. Um, at some of the rallies I have been in the past, I've seen her there speaking, you know. So um, I think she's, you know, very progressive. She likes to ride her bike. You know, she rides an electric bike every day to work. Um, because she believes in that change and she wants to be that example. Yeah, the slow mayor doesn't make that much money, by the way. I don't know if you folks know that. No, I, I like twenty. You. It's like 25 grand a year or something. Isn't that right? It's something very yeah, she, meager. Yeah, she told me it was like $1,000 a month is what she's paying or she's getting paid. So $1,000 a month. Yeah, and after taxes. What that... she's dealing with, you know. Jerry, you said she's kind of crazy. I, I'm not quoting Never said that. I, I don't know what you, you said. She's, what did you? I don't know what you said. You said she's a loon. You're just gonna put there. words in my mouth that I didn't even well, you, say. Well, I, didn't, I just said I wasn't a fan. I just wasn't a fan. I think she's. I feel like you added something. I, I feel like you added an adjective besides that. But anyways, why 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 not Harmon? Like what what's it? What about her? Do you not like? Oh gosh, I mean. I think she's a little pretentious. I guess I'm not a fan of people with their sticks with the whole rose thing that she wears with all the time. And yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm just not a fan of her character in a lot of ways. I mean, that doesn't mean I'm against her policies or, or her political beliefs. It's just, there's just something about her that rubs me the wrong way. I feel like you're, you're every 2016 voter who decided against Hillary. I feel like that's exactly the line. No, I, I mean, I did vote for Hillary in 2016, but I did it begrudgingly. I know, but a lot of people who did not use that exact reason. They didn't, okay. they, they didn't care about her policies. They just didn't like her. Michael, explain the rose thing. That was one cool thing about your story. Uh, Heidi yeah. Harmon wears this rose in her ear all the time. Like, why is that? Yeah, so she said she grew up in Pasadena. Uh, her grandmother was on the, uh, was one of the, uh, was in the first rose parade. And she used to always go to these little Acapulco restaurants that she talked about. And she always saw these women wearing these paper flowers. She just thought it was really kind of cool growing up. She was an impression. And then she said that one day in her thirties, you know, after she just started deciding to wear it again and she just faithfully does it. So- Well, I, not not everyone loves it. Jerry doesn't love it. No, she said that. <laughs> she totally said that, Jerry. She says, for some reason, it is this topic of controversy for her, you know? And red is a powerful color. You know what I mean? It, it, uh, I mean, it could be pink or purple. I still wouldn't like it. Yeah, that's true. But I, mean, I guess I guess it's just I guess you know just one of those things like you know Mark Zuckerberg has the hoodie. You know Steve Jobs had the turtleneck. It's like these identifying markers. I just was like, okay, I guess. <laughs> oh man, you can follow Michael Acosta on Twitter at uh, mjcosta67. Michael, you're free to go, man. It was always a it was a pleasure. Thanks for joining in. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'll read your article. I want to. I want to find out more. Even though I already voted yeah. against her, I'd be interested to read. Uh, no worries, Jerry. I would like to talk to you more about it. <laughs> <as well. laughs> and, you you read, and you can read Michael's article by going to Questonian.com. Peyton, you wrote a great story. Um, today is election day, but so, so I don't know if this is going to matter for some people listening. But um, Proposition 16 is one of the big ones that's on the ballot. You wrote an opinion piece on that, uh, recommending people vote yes on it. 
Um, enlighten people, what is Proposition 16, first of all? So Proposition 16 is basically, um, I believe it's Proposition 209 that was passed in uh, just before- 19, It was like 1995, somewhere around there. Something around Approximately, that. Approximately, yeah. Overturned um, affirmative action. So, you know, affirmative action is a super controversial topic for both people that are white and also people of color. Um, there's disagreements on both sides, but essentially Proposition 16 would bring back uh, private entities and public entities use of affirmative action to make sure that people uh, can be evaluated based on race, you know, uh, geographic location in which they grew up, sex, um, and a couple other factors uh, so that they are evaluated to see what opportunities they might not have been given in life due to those circumstances. Um, I think it's like, again, because it is so controversial, it basically allows for people to evaluate discrimination, right? Which is super uh, subjective. Mm -hmm. I think that it's important because um, there are a lot of different things that go into a person's upbringing and a person's opportunities. And unfortunately in the world that we exist in today, like race and sex are definitely a part of that. So. Yeah, it, it's an interesting oh, affirmative. Yeah, Jerry, sorry. I can read it. It's a, uh, so Prop 16 allows diversity as a factor in public employment, education and contracting decisions, legislative constitutional amendment. Yeah, it's so, just affirmative action. It's just basically saying, let's bring back affirmative action. And what you just described is what affirmative action is. You're right, complicated. And one thing that's, um, I, I feel like every progressive measure requires a detailed explanation. And every conservative measure you can summarize in two words. And I think that's why conservatives win so much. It's easier to market their plan, right? For example, with affirmative action, if you're against it, fairness, good. Bias, bad. That's against affirmative action. If you want to explain for affirmative action, you got to go into a detailed, uh, you know, complex paragraph or story about systemic racism and how it's afflicted our country over centuries and how fairness is not there in reality for a lot of people. And so measures like affirmative action, despite the fact that it is discriminatory to a certain extent, um, bring some equality and fairness into the picture on a societal level, right? And again, which side, again, when you heard the conservative side, you heard the progressive side, which one's easier to explain? Um, it's complicated. So, I would say like, it's not even a, a question of equality, but more equity. Yeah. Like, just because things are equal across the board doesn't necessarily mean it's equal for each individual. And I think affirmative action is all about um, leveling the playing field which people, you know, like, what is like fairness? What is justice? Yes. Because those are such subjective terms. But I, I suppose like, like you mentioned, conservative uh, uh, ideals can be a little bit more simple, but I guess- Much, much more, yeah. Simplify this would be equity versus equality. Yeah. Um, and, and when Prop 209 passed, I remember that vividly. I remember uh, the Reverend Jesse Jackson coming to California. He was trying to fight for it and it narrowly lost or passed. I can't remember if it was a pro or against thing, but what the, the end result ultimately was the UC system was accepting applicants based on affirmative action. 
And the UC system used to have a fairly proportionate amount of African-Americans and Latinos. Um, and after Prop 209 passed, eliminating affirmative action, the, the overwhelming majority of the student body at our UC systems were white and Asian. And you rarely, if ever, see Blacks or Latinos now in the UC system. Um, you know, there, there's a, it's, a, it's complex. I mean, yep. let's say you're, let's say you are a white person who didn't grow up with at least financial privilege, right? Let's say you grew up in a, you had a hard upbringing. Let's say you didn't feel like you got any advantages. And then when you're trying to get into a UC, you don't get in because someone of a different color got, got accepted over you because the law states that there needs to be some sort of proportional representation. How would you feel if you were that white person, right? So I, I get both sides of it. It's complex. Yeah. I mean, I, I went to a UC for a year and UC San Diego historically has had a problem with their uh, POC demographic. Like I, I want to say less than 2% of the UC San Diego population is Black. Yeah. And, and they, they have a very small Latino. They're, that's a very prominent Asian population, correct? I think that's a, the, the highest. Almost equal if not a small percentage of difference between white and Asian population. Yeah. So that's what you get when you don't have affirmative action. You, you lose diversity. Um, I don't know. Anything else you want to add? I mean, so, so you made the argument for it. You can go to quistonian.com to read that article. It's a, it's a great piece. Uh, anything else you want to add to that, Peyton? Um, I don't know. Probably just that like diversity is what makes communities great. I think obviously because people are going to be hearing this post-election, hopefully things will go in that direction and we'll, we'll realize that diversity is important. I agree. And you can follow Peyton uh, Gadbury at Peyton Gadbury, just her first and last name on Twitter. Jerry, what are your thoughts on that, man? I don't mean to call, put you on the spot. You and I, you're more you of a me because I'm black. Well, look, you and I are both minorities, you're, but you're <laughs> much more than me in terms of, so what is, yeah, what's your, I'm what is screwed. Your, I don't, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> you might be. But what, what, what's your take on it? Do you like it or not? Well, yeah, it's a, it's a very slippery slope. And I'll be honest, I voted no on it. Um, it's the problem is it's one of those things. It's one of those topics that there is no right answer. Yes and no, it's both bad. I mean, it shouldn't have to come to a thing where why am I getting a job because of my color? But then again, why am I not getting a job because of my color? Um, you know, you right. would hope you would hope that in a perfect world, somebody can submit their application for a school and not have to put down gender or race and hopefully get in based on your numbers. But then the downside to that, um, <laughs> not to, I hope this doesn't come across as ignorant, but if you did just go based off the numbers alone, I think all the school systems would be majority Asian, right? I mean, Harvard had that issue where they were getting pissed yeah, or at least it'd half. Probably, half it'd half. probably be dominant Asian, to be honest with you. Um, so then you got to say, okay, where do we balance this out? So it's a very slippery slope, and I don't think there's a correct answer for all of it. Um, why I voted no is because I, I, I it, it, once again, could be me being naive. I want to live in a society that's, you know, hiring me for my qualifications <laughs> and not my color. But how many people just, you know, the best example is to look at sports as a microcosm of what's going on in this country. Like yeah. how many, you know, you, you know, you have the NBA, that's what 90% black, mm -hmm. but only 
four or five of the coaches are black. Like that, that's you wonder it's why how that is that ball. possible? No, no, NBA is well, little, it's, well, okay, yeah. I, I just NFL, 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 I think you can make a more solid case for that. The man, right? The, the coach, the head coach argument, and, and you wonder and why certain things are the way they are. You know, that's why they have the Rooney rule in football where they have to interview a person of color. I, I don't know how many have to be interviewed. And then hopefully you interview a balanced number of people and then you pick your best hire. And sometimes, yeah. And in some situations, yeah. Affirmative action is a necessity. It's a necessary thing. Um, but what, you know, just like anything, it can also get out of hand. Um, yeah. But I it's think a tough I, yeah, one. it's, it's, it's a, tough a tough one. one. Yeah. There's no, there's, I don't think there's a correct answer because you can argue, argue both sides and hopefully you can be objective and clear-minded about it to see what the long-term ramifications or positivities that can come from it. But yeah, I voted, I voted no. I hear you. <clears throat> I hear you. Peyton, you did a great job with that story. And again, if you go online, questonian.com to read it. Thanks, Peyton. It was a pleasure having you on the show. Yeah. All right, take care. Hannah Halferty is the managing editor and, uh, and editor-in-chief. She's one of the three editors-in-chief of the Questonian. We call her the nighttime editor-in-chief because you your work is predominantly done on Monday nights. Uh, we have two different groups of the, of the staff. Um, Hannah, you wrote a great journalism piece. <clears throat> and just, uh, I'll let you describe it. What, what was the story you recently published? Um, the story I recently published is about Cuesta's um, renewal to the student equity plan. Um, and they've just been having some troubles passing it. It was proposed on June 3rd, I believe. Um, and it has still not been approved. Um, I think they have a meeting on Wednesday and it should be on the agenda, but it got pushed off of last month's agenda. So and elaborate, and elaborate on what equity is and what the student equity plan is. So essentially the student equity plan uh, just acknowledges uh, systemic racism and the way in which it can affect students. Um, and kind of just putting, I guess it's like an act of good faith, maybe you could say. It's it's showing the Quest of Student Body that they care and that they acknowledge that there is um, some systemic racism. And so the, so uh, I think most, if not all uh, community colleges, at least here in, in California, have a board of trustees that are elected publicly. Um, so, so Quest of College's board of trustees has five members and two of the five members are the ones who voice opposition, correct? Yeah, yeah. So two of the five members directly opposed it. Um, there, so there's some issues. They broke off into a subcommittee to try and solve the issues with the linguistics that they didn't approve of. Um, and yeah, it still hasn't been approved, but the school does get money from having this plan. All schools, um, community colleges in California do have to have a student equity plan. Um, so it's a requirement. And does it need to be a unanimous vote to get it approved or just the majority of the board? I think it has to be, the entire board has to be in agreement on it. Um, so it has to be unanimous. So all five of the board members have to approve this. Mm -hmm. what, is the, what is the reasoning for two of the five board members to oppose the student equity plan? So um, the first person who voiced their opposition is Angela Mitchell. She's a member on the board. Um, she was opposed to using the word systemic racism. She believes that systemic racism um, isn't real. She does acknowledge that like racism is real and she does believe in that, but she uh, doesn't believe in systemic racism. So she wanted that removed um, or that language removed from the equity renewal. 
And what about the the board president? What was his objections? So the board president is Peter or Pete Skyzak, um, and he had similar oppositions. He agreed with her about systemic racism. Um, and he was also against, uh, they used the word deep concern, noting with deep concern, he didn't want to use the word deep. He didn't want to um, distinguish in between African-Americans or people of color and the other student body, which um, causes some issues when you're trying to approve a plan that is directly talking about those things. Hmm. You also um, brought up some interesting things in your story about uh, Pete Sizak, uh, who's a former, I believe, Questy College police chief. He's now the president of the board of trustees and he has a facebook page that where he posts some rather controversial content what, what was some of the content that you found on his facebook page that you highlighted in your story so yeah his facebook page is um it's really there's a lot there um and it pretty much directly goes against um a lot of the things that the student equity plan is trying to get across so he's um super anti-blm um, he's posts a anti-Muslim post. He's got, he endorses the Proud Boys a little bit on there. So there's just a lot of things that, um, I mean, I personally view it as problematic and I think a decent yes. amount of the student body views as problematic as well, especially when we're trying to approve, approve a student equity plan that the school gets, I think, two point something million dollars for. May I ask, yeah. who, who is this guy again? Uh, Peter Skyzak or Pete, it depends. He goes by either. Um, and he's the uh, board of trustees president. For Questa. Questa. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And he's, he's elected in. Mm -hmm. So you don't, you, like, you don't have to be an educator to be on the board. Uh, do you know, like, what is their power? Like, I, I, I don't understand, like, what is their role and power in relation to the school? Do you know? So I, I know a decent amount of it. I think it is a little bit broken up. There's some, they have a different amount of stuff they do, but a lot of it is overseeing um, plans like this and kind of things that affect the student body. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I personally, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't want to jump in too much on that topic, but one concerning thing I saw on the Facebook post, for example, and again, for, for me, if you're the president of an educational institution, um, and you're going to be criticizing specific religions, misspelling the name of the religion is rather <laughs> egregious. Like he misspelled Muslim and he did it intentionally. I think he spelled it M-O-S-L-E-M. And, yeah. you know, my, my retort to that is if you did something similar where you criticize Christianity and you misspelled Christianity, I think a lot of people will get turned off by that and offended by that. Um <clears throat> And uh, I can understand the grievance there. You know, I, I could understand people being offended by that. Uh, so they have a meeting tomorrow on Wednesday. And do you know, is, is this, is this, is this going to be broached the topic again? Or is it, they, they, they cited human error for not including it with the last meeting. Um, yeah, what do you know about that? I'm pretty sure they're going to, it should be on the agenda. It was supposed to be on the agenda last time. Um, so I think if they move it again, that's going to raise some red flags, at least in, in my opinion. Um, but there's been a lot of push from the public and there's people who um, have moved around their schedules directly to be able to view this um, meeting itself. And so it was a big deal that it got moved around last time because people did adjust their schedules and were um, intentionally going to the meeting just for this um, specific item on the agenda. Absolutely. Uh, well, Hannah, you did a great job with the story. Thank you. And, and you can read it by going to questonian.com. 
You can follow, follow Hannah Halferty on Twitter at Hannah Halferty one. Is that correct? Did I get that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Hannah, thank you. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Ellie Ames is a first semester journalist. She's the feature editor for the Questonian. <clears throat> you did this. Your top was much more lighthearted. You just published a new story. It's available on questonian.com right now. And it has to do with our local drive-in movie theater. Jerry, have you ever been there to the Sunset Drive-In? Yeah, I've actually gone a few times this year. I think since the whole COVID thing starting about maybe late June, July, I've probably gone about five, six times. Wow. Yeah. Ellie, do you go? Do you wrote a story on the drive-in. Did you have you do you ever do you go? Are you a patron? I do go. I've been two or three times since the pandemic. And so you've been there two or three times. Jerry went there five or six times, but they're not showing new films, right? So what movies are you watching? Um, the last one I saw was Tenet, which they were showing on Halloween, and I think they're still showing it. Oh, so they do have new movies. I think that's the only new one that they've shown. But before wow. that, they had like Hocus Pocus, Men in Black, Monsters Inc., like older older movies. Jerry, what have you done? What have you watched there? So primarily the main movies that I've seen, once again, revealing my age, uh, a lot of the throwbacks from <laughs> Weird from Weird Science to Beverly Hills Cop to uh, Grease. Um, a lot of the throwbacks I've been going to. So yeah, there's... I, I got to read the article, but yeah, the sunsets, <laughs> I, I guess COVID has done wonders for them because they're also airing uh, concerts like uh, Blake Shelton, Kane Brown, Metallica. Uh, I forget, uh, Garth Brooks have also showed those concerts. Interesting. So, yeah. And plus it's, it's also a two for one. You pay 10 bucks, you see two movies. Okay. So, uh, so okay. So I'm going to uh, reveal my naivety when it comes to driving theaters. I've never been to one. My entire experience with driving movie theaters is seeing clips on various sitcoms. Hooking up in the backseat of a car? Yes, dude, where you bring, where you bring the, <laughs> if this band's rocking, don't come a knocking type thing. And that's, that's, that's driving theaters. It's, it's just an excuse for two people to hook up. I, so, so, Ellie, you wrote this story where people are actually using it for entertainment purposes. But let me ask you this first, Ellie. Uh, is that just a stereotype? Like, before the pandemic, would, do people go to drive-in theaters to actually watch a movie <laughs> um in high school it was generally known that the stereotypes were true but people a lot of the people that i know now just kind of go with friends and go with a group and sit in the back of a truck and just watch a movie so i think there's a lot of reasons people go to the drive-in fair enough jerry what about you man you grew up here did you used to go to the sunset i mean just this summer alone i've already trumped uh the many times that I've gone pre previous. I think previous before this summer, I think I'd only been to a sun uh, or driving in general three, maybe four times. So just in two months alone, alone, I've already surpassed that. And it's cool because when we first started doing, I was going with a group of friends and one of the weekends we went, it was a friend's birthday and we basically tailgated. It was like 15 of us and they set up a little a little grill they were making food which i think is kind of frowned upon because they do have their their lobby thing yeah but i think at the end of the day <laughs> i think they're just happy to have people in there and and it's i want to say on some nights it's been packed but i would say it's, it's a good amount of people that are there the nights that i've been like i said even for throwbacks the last one i did was weird science with fast times at ridgemont high okay well, ellie did you go to the theater actually to interview the owner i did yeah how was that experience 
It was really interesting. It was the first interview I've actually done before, so it was kind of nerve-wracking, but it went okay. Um, he was a nice guy, um, really interesting. He owns a lot of theaters across California, which I didn't know. And that is interesting. But he calls Slow Home? Um, I'm not sure actually what town he would consider his hometown. I think he travels between his theaters pretty regularly. Okay. And, and your story highlights the safety measures they're taking, such as limiting the amount of people in the snack shack. Um, the once the one, I don't know if this is in your story. I've only heard this. Maybe you can confirm or not. The one sketchy thing about the drive-in experience here in slow at the sunset is that supposedly and confirm or deny this, if it's true, uh, or not true, they're cash only. Is that correct? Yes, that's true. So I could understand the business owner's perspective on that because it's a great way to circumvent the IRS. Um, you, you know, it's hard for the IRS to track your exact sales. So you can Circumvent the IRS? Yeah, I mean, with, with cash, I mean, how can they really, how can they truly know what, if they audit you, like how many people have come there and how much they paid if they're paying cash? Like all they can rely on is what you're reporting, right? That's well, why- You do get a receipt. They do give out receipts, so. Correct, but you can manipulate those receipts or you can just lose them. <laughs> I mean, you know, you just, I mean, so I, so whereas with credit cards and, and a lot of servers, for example, that's why they prefer cash as well. Um, but in, in this, in this pandemic, a, there's barely anyone using cash. There's actually incredibly a cash and more importantly, a coin shortage right now. Um, and cash is dirty. Like one of the new studies that came out showed that COVID could live on money for up to 28 days if you don't do anything with it. And who's sanitizing money, right? So I, I do. I think that's a little sketchy that you're having to use cash. How do you give the cash? Do you have to like go inside the place? Is there a booth? Like, how does it work? They have a little drive-up booth at the entrance, and someone like reaches their hand out and grabs it from you. Okay, so I guess make sure you have exact change. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you're so parent. You're so OCD, man. I think I'm better. I'm getting you're, better. You're, you're shifting the story from a. Uh, the sunset to your your OCDness. Of- I'm getting better. I know you're, but Jerry, I'm, I'm getting better with that. The last time we did a podcast, I revealed just how neurotic I've been. I, I've come to the realization that's not you have to weigh weigh things right, and I've weighed my OCD with how unhappy that made me. So I'm kind of giving up some of it and just you know saying if I get it, I get it. I guess, but um, I was really bad, like spraying everything with Lysol, using gloves everywhere in the house. I still do a lot of that stuff, but yeah, you're the only person in your own house. But I'm all alone. Yeah, well, my, my OCD <laughs> comes from like shipment, like like groceries and all. Anyways, yeah, it's, it's, I'm neurotic, man. I'm a mess right now. So uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, so the cash thing totally freaks me out. Um, Ella, so Ellie, so do you recommend people going? Is, is, this the, the, is this a good thing for people? A good escape? I do. I think it's a really fun night out. It's safe um, for anyone who is concerned. Um, I think it's a lot of fun and just a good place to see a movie. Nice. Um, and, and now they're showing Tenet. That's a movie I've been wanting to see for a long time. Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Uh, awesome. You have, to bu- you have to bust out that cash. <laughs> yes, you do. Make sure it's exact, exact cash. <laughs> so you don't get change back. Uh, you can follow Ellie Ames on Twitter at Ames. Ellie Ames is spelled A-M-E-S-S-E. Ellie, you can follow her there. Uh, and her story right now is, is literally the front page, the top story on Questonian.com. Ellie, for your first interview and first story, you did great. Congrats. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Yeah, take care, Ellie. And last but not least, the opinion editor for the Questonian, Joe, sorry to make you wait so long. 
I just went. Yeah, he's been he yawned like twice already. I believe. I believe it. I totally believe it. Uh, no, I dig Joe, man. Joe reminds me a little bit of me when I was his age, and he's he's got Uh-oh. this he's got this adventurous spirit. He travels everywhere. He loves to write. Um, so you wrote a great piece that's that's also in the, on the front page of Questonia.com, and you wrote a, a column on the 2020 election. Uh, summarize it for us for the person listening. Summarize your column. Uh, basically talks about my disdain to even participate in this election even though I totally did and I should encourage it but it's just <laughs> so like I, I don't like either candidate but I hear I'm you just, a lot of people don't yeah, cool. so Biden seems to be a lot more likable than Hillary mm-hmm. but I, I a lot you're right a lot of people don't like him. No. Why don't, I, why don't you like Joe? I just don't have that much faith in him. Like he switches opinions from, you know, like two, even a year ago, just to sway the vote. I mean, he played Despacito when he showed up in what was it? Albuquerque or. It's got my vote. Uh, <laughs> high, like uh Hispanic population. And then he starts playing Despacito on his phone. It's just like, how far are you going to go to just, it's just like blatant, you know? So, you know, Trump's doing the same thing. Like, I I can't say that Trump's not doing that. I just don't like. Pandering. The word you're looking for is pandering. You don't like politicians who pander, meaning like they just say things and do things to attract certain demographics. Totally. Yeah, totally. But that is politics. I don't know of a single politician that doesn't do that. (laughs) Last the last election, Hillary had the hot sauce thing. You know that was yes, pending. yeah. Jo- just- is Joe? Is this your is this your first experience with voting, or is this? I mean, as far as presidents go, yeah, first presidential vote. Um, All right, this is just the beginning of the rest of your life, dude. What you're seeing now is going to happen forever. The whole pandering yeah. and you're rarely the- you're rarely going to have a candidate that you actually like. Rarely uh- happens. Obama, in all honesty, was one of the first ones that actually I I liked the person. Like I, you know, regardless of his policy, like he he seemed like a genuine person who did not have skeletons in his closet. Yeah, like Obama. People don't think he does. Just a cool dude. Like that was Thanks. Obama Romney. Was it Obama versus Romney? That Correct. Was a- yeah, 2012. Uh, yes, because the first one was McCain, right? Yes, yeah, so yeah. McCain and then Romney. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know much about Romney. But- <clears throat> <laughs> Nowhere near Trump's level. I know that. <laughs> yeah, Romney, I, think Romney, I think Romney was a good human being. I think uh, it's just, you know, people have their preferences. Yeah. And, and look, compared to Trump, in my opinion, Romney was a, is a breath of fresh air. I mean, he's, you know, he, and he was a governor of a, of a fairly liberal state. So I think he appealed to moderates as well. He was the former governor of Massachusetts. Um, yeah. So, I mean, look, I, I hear you, man. I, and, and this is a conundrum. So to put things in perspective... I did not vote in the first election I could have voted for. That was in 1996 between Clinton and Bob Dole. And I didn't vote because I was 18 years old and all I cared about was partying. Uh, (laughs) When I was 22 years old for the 2000 election, I vote, and this is a weird one, and and I have some regrets about this, but I was in California, so it didn't matter. I voted for Ralph Nader. He was the third party candidate. He was running under the Green Party at that time um, as the antithesis to George W. Bush and Al Gore. And the reason why I did that 
A, Al Gore just did not turn me on. He didn't turn a lot of people on, but he's just boring. He's just very, you know, and his ideas were not very progressive and I wanted progressive ideas. Although funny enough, when I was 18, I was a Republican. By 22, I kind of educated myself. And uh, so I voted for Ralph Nader only because I knew if he got 5% of the vote, the Green Party would become an established political party that could actually get- um, Finances. Finances, yeah. They could actually be supported by the government to a certain extent. And it worked. He got he got the five percent, incredibly. But if I was in Florida, I would be the biggest asshole on the planet because in places like Florida, the Nader supporters screwed Gore, and and W. Bush became president. Um, mm. And then we can go down. You blame, you blame that on Nader? In the whole in Florida, Florida thing? In Florida, heck yeah. I mean, five hundred thirty-seven votes. That's nothing. I mean, it wasn't man. it wasn't the fact that uh, it was his, uh, George's brother was the governor. Well, that too. Well, there's a lot of reasons. Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, if you if you want to really go into it, yeah, it was corrupt. It was blatantly corrupt. They didn't count all the votes. I guess that's all I feel like you could ask for in an election. Count all the damn votes. Yeah. You know that that's what really disappoints me with Republicans largely is that there is blatant voter suppression tactics that were and Trump even admitted it that if everyone voted, Republicans would be done. You'd have to change your policies. Their policies are just they're not popular. You need popular policies if you want to win the majority of votes. Their policies are primarily based in a cultural hegemony. Sorry if my words are going over your head there. But in, in essence, they want the ruling class to maintain the status quo. That is the goal. And you can only keep that goal if not everyone votes. If everyone votes, then popular measures that benefit the majority of society start passing. They don't want that. So I, 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 I hear you, man. All I want is votes to count. That's all I ever asked right. for. Um, so anyways, point being, Joe, I get your, that you're not yeah. excited. <laughs> I get it. My dad's, so my, my mom is a teacher. She's pretty, I would say she's liberal. And then my dad's a small business owner. He owns a clothing company. And what kind of clothes? Lowrider clothing. Okay. For, for like, for motorcycles? Like, uh, you ever heard of like Lowrider magazine? Yeah, of course. Yeah, but yeah. What, what is that's for motors for bikes, right? No, no, like, low rider like the the sixty four Impalas. Yeah. Oh, I'll show you. I'll show you a low rider. I got a low rider right here. And those are the ones with like hydraulics in it. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Wait, so, so how do you make clothing for that though? What does that mean? Check this out. Check it. this out real quick. Check this out. I see it. Quick. I see it. Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, it's Jerry got right? hydraulics. <laughs> Jerry is holding hydraulics up. Hydraulics on. And for and for people listening, Jerry is holding up a toy car that's a lowrider that has hydraulic system, and that is that's fascinating. But how do you make clothes for that? What does that mean? I don't get it. So, the lowrider clothing is a license. Lowrider's pretty big, like especially in the early two thousands, it was like taken off. Like if you've ever heard of like a veterano jacket, it's like a you see a lot of uh, it's like a plaid jacket, brown. Yes. Whatever. That's like, uh, we do a lot of that. We do denim. We go to, the big thing is we go to like these big lowrider shows and we have the license to lowrider solely as a, to make clothing and sunglasses with it. Wow. Hook it up, bro. Yeah. I know. Hook it up with some lokes, some glasses. I want some swag. box in my house right now. I want some swag. Dude, we should have just changed this whole podcast today about clothing and lowriders <laughs> joe how did your dad even get into that so my dad was my grandpa owned a manufacturing plant in porterville and they did uh denim for like john deere they did it for hurley like wow uh, hurley was the big one i think volcom 
all the denim for all these like Dude, we saved the best for last <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, anyways something happened with the economy but it wasn't it wasn't 2008 or anything this was like in the 90s i think my grandpa sold it kind of did something where my dad and my his brother had to do something on their own uh-huh. and my dad ended up trying to get the license to uh john Deere, and then he was approached he approached lowrider magazine and started doing that with them and it just like kind of took off uh like, let me see if i can find the gullo man like let, if me, you're ever- let me give you while you looked at i was going to give uh, cyrus a breakdown of how big the lowrider culture is yeah enlighten I, me I, I w- I was first introduced to it about junior high. And so the low-rider culture is big in the Chicano community. Yeah, I know. Brought, yeah. But what brought it to the surface was really like Dr. Dre and Ice Cube, because if you like watch Today is a Good Day and all the Dr. Dre videos from The Chronic, yes. they're all driving lowriders. Yes, they are, dude. So, Those things are bouncing. It, yeah, they're bouncing and, you know, the, <laughs> the shows to get your car to flip over. But I remember some friends of mine in, in, in high school having the Lowrider magazine and these cars are just decked out. I mean, everything is gold or chrome plated, the engines, the pistons, like everything you can imagine inside this Lowrider is like shiny gold. Oh. It's, it's like, why would you even want to drive this stuff? So the Lowrider magazine, uh, especially like I said, the Chicano culture is is huge just the sports illustrated. i am familiar yeah <laughs> that's crazy so your dad so your dad and that's what your dad still does yeah it still does it i go to so every i think i missed a couple classes of yours because i went to them so oh. we'll go to like we go to phoenix arizona denver miami albuquerque um east los angeles las vegas is the biggest one uh i go to ventura i go to stockton fresno um East Bay, there's just like, I, I, I do this, like what I normally do, like I wouldn't have to work if we weren't in coronavirus, because I just <laughs> would do that every weekend. Well, I would right. even call it Napomo, like the uh, swap meets Napomo. COVID's but, uh, put all this on hold, all the gatherings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's, my dad's having like really tough times, because uh, I mean, that's half of our, when we go to these events, it's all cash and it's community based too yeah it's so community based and there's like people that i mean i know by name i see them at every single show and they're like what's the new shirt i need to buy it it's it's pretty cool but my dad is super 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 into it Uh uh-huh we like we used to own a lowrider ourselves we had an impala (laughs) and uh it's just weird because we drive that thing to school man who are these white guys (laughs) selling us all this lowrider and uh like i can link you an article that uh they wrote about like our family so yeah send that please i'd love to see it and but what uh, was so, so the whole point of this was you were, you were explaining your well, mom's a teacher well, she's liberal i mean he he told me he's like i don't know who to vote for like this is the hardest election i've ever had to vote in and uh i i don't i'm, I'm going to talk to him today about who he actually voted for but uh I'm, I know my mom probably voted for Biden or whatever. Yeah, but. yeah. She's a teacher. I mean, not all teachers, but I'm guessing most. He is like, you need to vote this on that and vote this on that. <laughs> it's funny. That is funny. That's crazy. Yeah. I know he's worried What's about up? the property tax one, I think. Oh, Prop 15. 
That's one of that's one of that's the only profit things the only one I've been coming out. I, I, tr- I don't I try to stay away from politics on Facebook now, for example, and stuff like that. But Prop 15 is the only one I've come out for strongly supporting it. Uh, and if you're, you know, I'm, I'm going to pub- try to publish this today during before the election is done. But Prop, Prop 15 is one I strongly support, A, because the property taxes that would go up would only apply to commercial land lo- landowners. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you're a homeowner, you're, no, your taxes are not going to be affected by that. Now, if you own commercial real estate, and the vast majority, the vast majority of those who own commercial real estate are these mega corporations with billions upon billions of dollars in their in their accounts or you know wherever it is invested, and they have so much money, these assholes that they would rather let one of their storefronts stay empty then lower the rent for so a business could not have this massive overhead yeah. and survive and i know this directly because i'm a former business owner i own a surf shop in san francisco and the biggest enemy for any small business maybe not in your case joe because your dad i don't know if your dad actually has a, a commercial property maybe he does yeah. does he own one yeah so he rents his warehouse out or no, he is a leaser of yes. his warehouse. But him and my uncle inherited a property from my uh, grandfather. Yeah, it's the it's the Porterville property. It's like the old manufacturing. It's not. There was a Sears in it, and then and this past summer, Sears. actually, a Harbor Freight moved into it, and that's why I, w- I was working three months on this freaking property. Because my dad's just a cheap ass and had me do a little landscaping. <laughs> but that's besides the point. That's the one he's like going to get. Because that's the one property he does own. And it happens to be like a 20,000 yeah. square foot. And I mean, I know he's probably like the one percenter who's not. He's not a big corporation. I mean, it's not. We're not a huge Right, right. Yeah. You're, you're, you're in that vast minority where you're not, you don't have tremendous resources while you own uh, commercial land. But I will say this, I don't know if your dad's going to be affected because the, the whole purpose of Prop 15 is to remove Prop 13 protections from older commercial uh, real estate. Meaning, so if you buy like, for example, and I, I think there's like a cutoff date for this. So anything built that's newer, doesn't matter. Your property taxes are based on the property value, right? But if you buy a home, I think it's like if it's before 1980, for example, or if you own your home, that's why a lot of people don't move in California or don't leave their homes is because Prop 13 set their property taxes on the rate you were paying and not on the value of your house. So there's a lot of Californians, for example, who live in a home where they bought the house 30, 40 years ago for like 100 grand. And the house might be worth a million now. But they're still yeah. paying property taxes on the hundred thousand dollar value, right? Which is less than one percent, correct? Which is what? I believe it's less than one percent. So you don't pay of whatever you're uh, if you bought a house for a hundred thousand dollars, you're only paying less than a thousand dollars a year on property taxes. I don't know what the exact. I don't think it's. Maybe it is. I don't know. But yeah, whatever. Yes, but yeah. so so the problem is though is that with this pandemic, we've gone into this massive recession now. And um, if Prop 15 doesn't pass, you're going to see a lot of schools, a lot of schools, and this is both public schools, K through 12 and community colleges start experiencing major cutbacks because um, there's projected to be hundreds of millions of dollars being reduced from school budgets. 
And that's where the Prop 15 comes in. And is that, and I guess with, is that yeah. it's statewide, right? It's, state, it's statewide, yeah. So, so any, but I don't, and this is where I don't think your dad will be affected regardless, simply because Prop 15 will apply to properties that have been paying those Prop 13 values. So if your dad's property is newer, he's bought it just in the last year or two. Oh, he's no. already, yeah, it's, it's been there. It's been okay. Then like... yeah. <laughs> so look, I, I, I'm a strong advocate, regardless of my personal values and beliefs, I am a strong advocate for voting for your self-interest. Yeah. So if you are, if you're rich, vote Republican. I don't think there's any, any disputing that. Like Republicans want you to save your money and they're going to cut your taxes and they advocate for the rich because they believe in trickle-down economics, even though it's completely disproven. There's no truth to trickle-down economics being in any way a facet of reality. Money does not trickle down from the rich. The rich hoard it and save it. Um, but with that said, so if you're rich, yeah, vote Republican. If you own property that's and you're going to get affected by Prop 15, vote against it. I get that. I don't, uh, I don't if that's the one that he was worried i just asked him just now i'm positive i'm positive it has to be that it has to be that um so yeah i, I get it i'm not gonna sit yeah, here and argue I, with your dad i'm not gonna vote because we're rich we're not i think that's why he's so worried about it i don't know is your mom still teach uh re he just put a bunch a bunch of money like from his business to remodel it and i think he's just super worried about you know, how much he's getting paid from the yeah. lead point and how much he's going to get hit with taxes. And I don't know. He's been, stressing. I get it. I get it. But what, what about, does your mom still teach? Uh, no. Okay. So she was a teacher for 20 something years and then now mm -hmm. she's a physical therapist, but oh, okay. Okay. I was going to say if your mom's still teaching, then you would have conflicting interests there, but it's, and she does it. She's slanging yeah. lowrider gear, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So let me let me just read this real quick. Taxes such properties based on current market value instead of purchase price. Yes. Fiscal impact increased property taxes on commercial properties worth more than three million, providing six point five billion to eleven point five billion in new funding to local governments and schools. Yeah. It's 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 basically it's it's um it's been one of the hindrances for California is Prop thirteen. I, I get it. I get if you own if you own property for a while and you want to pay more taxes. I get that. I mean, who does right? Um, but when we're in a recession, like we are now, uh, one of the first things that gets cut are schools. And I'm also an educator and I believe strongly that what makes our country great in the top three, if not top, the number one reason is our education system, um, is because we have a society that is predominantly educated. We literally legally require minors to go to school. Um, and if this doesn't pass, schools are going to get hit. Schools are going to get hit hard. Why, so. why, why are why is it i feel like half the propositions always have to be at the expense of schools like why is it always like this fear thing like oh if you don't vote for this and the schools are not going to get this and that when we're already coming paying you know we pay, already paying a lot of taxes for schools and there's always these propositions you better vote for this or you don't vote for this schools are not going to get funded it's like why is it always like at the comes down to like, you know, whether somebody's going to get funding for a school or not. Well, because, well, for starters, because, because for example, <clears throat> class size, right? I mean, if you want class sizes to get smaller, you need more teachers. That requires more money. Um, schools themselves structurally break down. They get old. I mean, do you want your kids to be in a dilapidated classroom where it's like, it's just. I don't have any kids, maybe? Cyrus. At least I well, don't. If you did. I'm not, if you I'm did. not aware of. I'm not aware but if of. you did, you'd want them to be in classrooms that are relatively new that provide all the resources they need. So schools need money. I mean, I mean, budgets grow. Inflation I, I get all that. I get all that. But I just feel like it's always something that, you know, 
about schools, you know, every election is always about schools of, you know, voting for a certain proposition. If not, the schools are not going to get funded. It's like, well, well, the, well, the other side of that too, Jerry is, and this is why I rarely, if ever will vote Republican is because most Republicans, all they want to do is cut, make budget cuts to schools. So yeah. a lot, so school budgets for the most part do not go up. They go down. That is why class sizes remain high. That is why teacher salaries suck for the most part. Um, that's why. Uh, it's I a never-ending battle. Property taxes, like, mixed in well, with schools, like... Uh, because that's where they get the money from. The, the yeah. vast majority of local... Uh, the, of the vast majority of local revenue comes from property taxes, especially in a state that doesn't have a state income tax. We do, but if you're in a place like Florida... I think Oregon has no sales tax. I don't know about income tax, but there's a lot of states that don't have a state income tax. In those places, the property values are everything. I mean, if you don't have property values, you don't have governance. You don't have local services. Um, that's where well, the I mean, money that's comes from, man. Like a place that would be not as nice and like there's not nice houses around it and the school not nice either. Like I just- yeah, well, those, co those correlate, yeah. Connected. In like such a way, I don't know. It's it's, it's just kind of weird to me. What what's weird to you exactly? I don't specify that. What do you mean? Um, just the fact that property taxes are related to. I mean, I feel like we could tax something else and like have what? a equitable plan. I don't know. I'm not like what we. I mean, we already tax income, right? And it's a progressive tax rate. So the more you make, the more you pay, and we have to do that in order to sustain our budget. We tax items that we sell. Right. I mean, you have a sales tax on everything you buy and then you tax property. You know, I mean, do you want to tax air? You want to tax? I mean, I don't you know what else? What else is there? I mean, I mean, people don't like more taxes. Right. Um, and he may, he's making a valid question. I mean, he's like, why? There's always. They just you know, the more we say we don't want more taxes, we're always voting for something to raise taxes without even sometimes realizing it. But he's right. It's like, why? There's always something like, oh, to raise this for, you know, for schools and all this other stuff is. Like, why can't we cut the military? Great, great point. What is it? Like, what is it? 70% goes yes. to military? And it's like, what? I, well, I that, just, but, but again, but then you also have to remember, too, there's a, there's a, there's a national tax system and then the local tax system. Uh, those are your national. Those, that's your income tax. So your, your income tax is mostly going toward defense, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. That's like 90% of your, your taxes go to that. Those three things. You're right. We, I think yeah. we waste a shitload of money on our on our defense budget. Um, the opponents to that, the advocates for continuing this spending, is that if all is that our defense department produces a shitload of jobs, it sustains our economy. So then my response to that always is, well, doesn't that mean it's socialism if we're going to be continue funding the defense department just so we can have jobs? Like, isn't that literally what socialism is? Um, our departments. Like police mean? department. Well, I mean, that's all yeah. socialism. Police, police departments, departments are local. Police departments are funded by your property taxes. So, so you, so you do have to take those into consideration. Property taxes fund your schools, your police, your fire departments, road construction, all that stuff comes from property taxes. Um, there's a speculation here in slow that the reason why they're building more homes and development has been rampant in recent years is because supposedly our police force got increased and they don't know how to pay for all that extra money <laughs> for in salaries. So they're increasing development of homes to get more property tax revenue in return. Dude, ta the tax system's crazy. I hear what you're saying, Joe. It's, um, it is weird. Yeah, it's like, what if we cut you know, 10% off of 
military still get the state tax and their the property tax going to schools and then just cut a sliver five percent ten percent what have you off the nation tax and get like a national help yeah because the problem is you're going to have the defense defense industries lobbyists they have one of the largest lobbying firms in the world next to oil the oil industry is going to get involved because if you cut defense you're going to cut oil purchasing so those are two of the biggest uh interest groups in the world fighting against you those are billion 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 dollar corporate organizations who have a lot of politicians in their pocket that's why change doesn't happen (laughs) <laughs> and I think there's also a perception that if you cut the military budget, the the military becomes weak and then we become weaker as a country and become more exposed and vulnerable. And I think that's a big, I think it's an ego thing. It's a kind of like a carry big stick and speak softly. Like, you know, if yeah. we cut the military, we're going to be weak. We're going to be exposed for more terrorism. And in reality, it's not probably not true. Most likely probably not, not true. Probably not. So that's our tax. That's the reason why we have the taxes. It's not, we can have an endless argument about fairness, about what the right tax rate is, the right amount of certain people should be paying, but that's why we have taxes. Because if we, if we didn't do it this way, if the system wasn't in place, we'd have nothing around us. It'd just be anarchy. <laughs> you know? I mean, there's a reason why we're in a civilized society and it's largely because of tax revenue. Um, yeah, so anyways. Uh, Joe, you the man. Where, where are you traveling to next, dude? You've, you've, you went to Alaska after your your... Was it the summer after your freshman year? Or was it the summer after your senior year in high school? I've gone to Alaska three times now. So damn, good for I you. To, I went to it twice when I was like a, in high school, or once in high school, once when I was a kid, and then when I once he once when he was a kid, this kid is still a kid. And oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how old are you, Joe? Twenty. I'm about to be twenty-one. I just say okay. I'm twenty. When is your when is your twenty first? Why? Because you have a fake ID. When is your twenty first birthday? <laughs> uh, it's in January. Okay, all right. So you'll you'll be officially twenty one in about August two, ever, two January twenty sixth. Kobe dies on my birthday. Oh no! Oh, oh rough. Um, oh, that's rough. <laughs> I was like at the skate park in Los Osos, about to have a good day. You know, maybe start some drinking, what have you. Not alcohol, of course. <laughs> but um, great day hamburgers what have you we're gonna go to the sylvester's get a free sylvester's burger. and then my buddy's like dude kobe died <laughs> there's no oh. way and then we were all like 30 minutes later we're all like crying at uh Los Los Los. yeah that was a, that was that was the beginning of the end i feel like for this year <laughs> you know that was uh that was the first huge sign like hey humanity you've got a rough year ahead of you <laughs> like like it's crazy longest year as it is because it's just like a worthless year <clears throat> it is this man this is made it so fucked. much longer it's been a fucked up year dude um yeah we're almost through it i i do i mean years are arbitrary there are so, social constructs but you're right dude this period in time has just been rough yep. hopefully next year will be better yeah to answer your question i went uh my freshman year of, or sophomore year of uh sophomore summer in college i love it dude i love your adventurous spirit where, where, and before we let you go joe where, so where do you hope to transfer where are you going to go to school uh I, I don't i don't know yet um okay i'm my work in a production house uh my buddies my or my buddy works in this production house in la and they've been doing a bunch of like commercials and 
videos and whatnot, like for some like bigger, bigger places. So I might just do that and then take, if it's online, dude, it's hard. It's so hard to go to school for me. Like I can't, you're the only class I'm taking right now. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I doing drama and like just knocking out some stuff I had to do. I, I can only be motivated by like people around me. I can't I sit up in my room and, and do classwork. So I'm just, just gonna... get the get the degree though. My friend, one of my closest friends, Avi, he's a he's a really prominent line producer and executive producer for a lot of mostly reality TV is what he fell into. Um, but he did your path where he, he he at first just skipped college and he started being a PA for a lot of films and and at a certain point though his ceiling was reached. Um, yeah. with, without the degree, he kind of maxed out. So well, get the degree. I I still have a good amount of units, so it's just. I don't know. I'm not in a particular rush. Yeah. I might go to um, try and get into UCSB. I, Cal Poly, I don't know if they have my... Your major? My major, yeah. UCSB, UCSB is a good school. Yeah. That just proves that just proves the point why junior colleges are important for people who don't know exactly where they want to go. Yes. You know. Absolutely, man. No, 100% agree with you. Yeah, they're vitally important. Two or three right, times. man. Well, Joe, stay safe out there. You did a great column. You can go to questonian.com to read it. Um, and you got more stories coming up there. You can follow Joe on Twitter. You actually have a prominent uh, presence on Twitter. It's at Ticati Lover, even though you're a minor. Uh, Ticati, T-E-C-A-T-E. Well, Ticati is also a city in Mexico, so maybe that's, that's true. what you're referring to. That's true, and I've been, and I've been there. It is a cute town. Uh, and Lover is spelled L-O-V-U-R. So that's uh, Ticati, L-O-V-U-R. Is your Twitter handle, uh, Joe? Always a pleasure, man. Great job. Hey, I want some uh, some Lokes and a lowrider sombrero, dude. Cyrus, <laughs> or I'll have I'll have him here. I'll have him yeah, here. hook I it up. It. I love it. Lowrider on him for sure. <laughs> All, right. All right, Joe, take it easy, man. Uh, have a good one, guys. You too. Later. All right, my man. So what'd you think, Jerry? Having some college kids on the show with us today. They produce some great content. I'm very proud of them. Quiz so how many, how often do you website. give them assignments? How often? Yeah. So your publication. It depends. So, so we, we meet each week and basically we, during the meetings, we do story assignments, uh, either students pitch proposals themselves or the editors and I will, we have a big list of story ideas. We start assigning stories. It just varies, man. I mean, you know, shit comes up all the time. So and and for the semester, I guess it depends on where you are. So there's multiple levels of the class. So if you're like a B or C student, like an advanced student, you're expected to produce more content than like a beginner student. Like uh, Ellie Ames, who's on this per, this podcast earlier, and Peyton Gadbury, they're they're both A students, and so they're not expected to produce as much because the first half of half of the semester, I'm just teaching them the basics of journalism, like mm. how to write. Um, so yeah, but. Have you, so have you asked your kids why they want to, you know, the whole journalism has been kind of come into question, especially under Trump, you know, the fake yeah. news and all that stuff. Yes. And, you know, news, is, you know, journalism has always been questioned for many, many years, especially, but more, not more so than the last four years. Why do you ask why they want to be writers, journalists, journalist? Uh, the, I do. And, and the majority of them actually want to get into it for the same reason I was interested in it early on, which is just that you know, the, the, we don't have a free democracy without the press. Like we, we don't have a functioning democratic system. If you don't have 
a checks and balance, which is what the press is, on those three branches of government and big business. I mean, the founding fathers recognized this back in the late 1700s before mass communication was even a thing. Newspapers back then were not widely disseminated like they are now. But even back then, they recognized how important it is. It just, and, they, and like Thomas Jefferson, for example, equally expressed how needed it is with how much he disdained it, how much disdain he had for it. Um, so I think, I think it's, it's, a lot, it's idealism. You know, there's an added journalism as a calling. And I think a lot of them feel that. And they want to make a positive difference in this world. And, and they, <clears throat> most of them, I think, love to write, which is a huge thing. And then I think a lot of them just want to expose corruption and, and reveal our governance and our big businesses that control our country and world mostly for what they're doing. That's why. Yeah, they give me very honorable answers. And, and I love hearing that. So, yeah. Right on. Right on. How many Dude, students congrats. do you have right now? In that class, we have, I think we're around 16. 16 okay. reporters, which the fact that we're online only is, is good. Um, if we were like back in the, in the newsroom, which is, I miss it's, it's, I do miss that dearly. Um, we'd probably be reaching closer to 20. Uh, so yeah, dude, congrats again, by the way, man, we've been on we've been recording <laughs> this for a while. I want to congratulate, congratulations one more time for wrapping this yeah, up. Yeah, man, dude. it was, it was good. It, I, I get when it, when it comes to the finals, man, especially with my Lakers and I get high stress, high strong where I, I, I'm very rigid. I'm very, you know, grouchy grumpy um and yeah, i think i'm still traumatized from the 2008 finals when the lakers played the celtics and i've oh. i don't remember i should have looked this up it was either game three or game four where the lakers were up by 20 plus points on the celtics you know which lost. was a game they should have they should have closed out that game which extent would extended the series theoretically to a game seven because it ended it was, in, it was in game four games. it was game four so it's yeah, like it so it's you know watching game oh, six no, maybe it was day. game three maybe it was game three actually I don't know. You're it, right. It, it was, was, it was those... a stupid game where they should have yeah. won it, but somehow they're up by 24, 25. And somehow Boston comes back in, in Staples center, by the way, Boston yeah. comes, comes back and wins it. So it was funny watching game six with my cousin. I went down to San Diego uh, to visit a cousin and we were watching it out in Coronado. And I think at one point the Lakers were up by 24, 25, something ridiculous. And it's in the middle of the third quarter, or maybe they're already in the fourth. And, and I'm still nervous, man. I'm still biting whatever re remains on my nails that I have left and I'm still high strong. I'm still like, the game's not over, you know? And my cousin goes, look, there's eight minutes left in the game. They're not going to score 25, 26 points to win the game. You know, Miami's not going to come back. And then once, once I looked at the time of the clock, the score is like, all right, something disastrous would have to happen. But still, you know, I, I, I once the, you know, the buzzer's zero, then I'm good to go. You know, it's crazy. And, <laughs> and, then the, and the Dodgers, the Dodgers had the same situation where um, game four. Oh, brutal. Uh, game yeah. four was like one of those games where you're thinking like, oh my God, is this, is this, is this just our luck? This is just the God saying, you know, screw you guys. And if anybody watched game four is where the Dodgers were up by two or they up blew one. In, yeah. In the ninth. Yeah. They blew it on two botch plays. It was all one continuous play, but it's like, is this, is this our fate? Is this just the, some curse that somebody put on us and luckily you know the dodgers rebounded and didn't let that game affect them and uh yeah. and and we won it in six you know which was awesome it was great you know it was awesome congratulations man that's uh for if you're an la sports fan that was a hell it was like 17 days separated the two championships or something like that it was yeah 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 it's crazy crazy it's good it's good to be able to celebrate champions like that you know all within the same assuming your city wins right but yeah, yeah, I remember the last uh, in 88, that's 88 was my big sports year because that's uh, 
I got the triple crown that year. It was the Dodgers, Lakers, and Niners. Um, you like the Niners? Yeah, that's the only NorCal team I like. Jerry oh, Rice, okay. bro. Jerry, 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 and Jerry, bro. Jerry All right, Rice. so you and I, so you and I are are, are Niner fans. Okay, so yeah, I've always hated that. the Raiders. I, I I despise the Raiders. Nice. And if I had a secondary team, it would have always been like the Chargers. But even now that them they are in LA, I'm, I'm kind of not rooting for them. I liked them when they were in San Diego. Um, but yeah, so I'm not a Rams fan. I'm not a Chargers fan, really. But uh, yeah, man, it was it was awesome. It's cool, like I said, because when the Lakers won it, that was in June of '88, and then the Dodgers didn't win until you know October of '88. Yeah. So to have a two week gap is you know it's, it it made for a high stress month because you're going from one finals right into another, and you know at one point the Dodgers were down against the Braves, and so yeah, hopefully, hopefully things get better and see what happens. Cool, man. Well, you can follow Jerry Perez on Twitter at uh, no, you can't. <laughs> Mandingo six uh, nine. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Doxer for Ocho. You can follow the show on Twitter at SlowCalPod. Jerry, it's always a pleasure, my man. My pleasure as well, man. I'm enjoying this. And I guess when you're listening to this, we'll know who's president. We'll see what happens. We're recording this on election day. <laughs> Kanye. <laughs> Later, everyone. Well, let me get to the point. Let's roll another joint. Turn the radio to laugh. Too long to be proud And you don't know how it feels You don't know how it feels To be me Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.